0: When it's kickoff Sunday, and it's culturally tone deaf to do anything cool outside, and we own iPhones, you get videos. (laughs) Isn't it nice to be in church? For those of you who haven't been here for a while, welcome back. It's nice to see your faces. That's how you know you're alive, is because there's errors. I love it. There's this um, this, uh, Instagram channel that uh, specifically focuses on worship leader fails. Yet have I seen a worship leader misplacing a capo on that channel. (laughs) Yet. Not that I mean anyone should do that, but. (laughs) So if you don't know me, my name is Michael. I'm the new guy. And, um, And we're going to take two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks out of regular scheduled programming to talk about the nitty-gritty aspects of vision, to get down to the nuts and bolts to talk about what actually matters in church. And it's going to take me at least two weeks to pull that off, to be honest with you. Um, I thought I could do it in one week. is impossible. There's just way too much material. I, I thought maybe two weeks... Um, I, look, I'm going to do my best not to drag this into 50 weeks, Okay. <laughs> So, hold on tight for the next hour and a half. I'm going to. It's all jokes. If you know anything about me, it's the fact that I do not preach long. But we do need to talk about vision. So, on this two week journey, we are going to discuss purpose, we are going to discuss plan, we're going to discuss maybe some next steps and figure out together what is important. It's weird, right? Because I started March 15th, and I didn't get here till July because of travel restrictions. So I sat in my little basement office and did the very best I could. And so your patience was very much appreciated. Having to have coffee with me on Zoom and having board meetings on Zoom, like, it, was, it was weird. And then just like recording a, a message in my basement in like, front of whatever wall looked different than last week's wall. Like, you did what you got to do, right? But it's this weird time where everything is different. Like, do you remember, like, we just celebrated 9-11. You don't celebrate that, but the anniversary of it. And like, we thought, well, you know, things will go back to normal with air travel. And they never really did. And so now we've got this weird world where nobody knows what aspects of society are going back to normal. It's all a guessing game. We don't know how long the kids are going to be in school. We don't know how long we can go meeting in like this and then there's an outbreak and then all of the, Nobody has it. It's okay. But we, there's so many we don't knows. And life is going to be in this weird world of, we don't know, like COVID crushed economies. We saw back home just mass suicides all over the place where like some of our youth that we had when we were youth pastors who are adults now, couldn't handle the pressure. There, there is depression running rampant. Everything is changed. And so we sit in this place in history where we've got choices. We've got choices to make on what we're gonna do. But the other thing that has changed for us at CT Brandon is the fact that um, Pastor Gary's not here, Pastor Vern's not here. So if you came back expecting them, I'm sorry. Um, Both better preachers than I, both better looking than I, but now you've got this weird guy from, well, I say Saskatchewan, but I'm really an Alberta, so it is better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, so you've got this weird guy from Alberta who is not what you're used to, and he's got different ideas and a different style of church and now there's a center screen and there's lights over here and things are just different. If you need to you can blame it on covid. <laughs> but we we're in this land where we've had decisions to make and we've been making these decisions since the pandemic started. And it's simple things like okay so you're asking me to push Play on the YouTube channel and watch this synthetic church service online. And some people have decided they'd rather do that. It fits their family better, and the outreach aspect of it has been amazing. But for a lot of people, you you sat there in front of your TV, and like in our home, you had to make a choice what you were going to do with that. Were you going to engage in the teaching? Or because you're at home and it's social media, do you just sit there and be critical? You have that choice to make. And then what do you do with the worship? Am I watching a concert? Or do I make the decision to engage? We had an argument about that in our house because I would sit there and edit these videos for hours and hours and hours. And so by the time we gathered together as a family on the couch, to watch church together and really be like, why aren't you singing? It's like, I have seen this 600 times. <laughs> I don't feel like singing. But I had a choice to make on how I was going to engage with it. Much like we have a choice to make on what do we do with pandemic? What do we do with change of church? How do we move ahead? We have to make choices. And it's weird. I will never admit that it's not weird, because it's weird. And some of us will do better adapting than others. But what I want to do for the next two weeks of this 50-week series is jokes. You can laugh in church. (laughs) If you think that was the end of ridiculous videos, you are sadly mistaken. (laughs) We need to get back to the fundamentals. We need to get back to what actually matters. There's a lot of things worth arguing about. And there's a lot of things not worth arguing about. We are going to get back to the understanding of our fundamentals. We don't do a lot of sports in our family. The one sport that our kids do-do, (laughs) do-do, the one sport that we have chosen as a family is karate. So we started at, um, the kids started at a new dojo yesterday and it's different for them. And they had to make a choice if they were going to engage in the process or not. Because we get there, and Jude, who's got a fairly high belt, he has gold medals in kata, and like he's pretty pretty good for his age. He finds out that because it's slightly different type of karate, he's now a white belt. And he held it together very well. But knowing how hard he worked to get to the point of his belt color the hours of practicing, and competitions, and on and on. He had to make a choice. Am I about to give up? Or will I take the fundamentals I know and just start belt testing again? And he decided that it is worth it to start belt testing again. Start back at the beginning. All the stuff that he has been doing for years, he's just going to keep doing it prove his place, and keep going. And it got me thinking about um, one of my very, very favorite movies, The Karate Kid. Please, tell me that some of you have seen the original Karate Kid. Not these new ones. No, no, no. But like Mr. Miyagi. Actual Karate Kid movie. Okay. In that movie, All Daniel Song wants to do is fight. He wants to defend himself. He wants to get good at karate. But Mr. Miyagi doesn't get him there right away. He takes him out to the yard and says, you wax the cars. Wax on. Wax on. And then you go to the next car. And it's driving him crazy. And then he has to go and learn how to wash windows. But it's the fundamentals that he didn't realize were being drilled into his brain that helped him defend himself. Because then when you're attacked, it's like, oh, I'm doing blocks all of a sudden. Just don't do it with a rag, maybe. But it's the fundamentals in life that get us to where we need to be. But if our fundamentals aren't good, our fundamentals aren't strong, we're missing something. So our fundamentals as a church, I'm not talking about C.T. Brandon. Not even talking about just the PAOC. I'm not talking about the church in North America. The church. Us who follow Jesus, who are dedicated, who are devoted for us, what are our fundamentals? Before crucifixion, before the Great Commission, Jesus started laying this stuff out. And before Jesus, before Noah, before Abraham, actually not Noah. But in the Old Testament, we have these fundamentals being laid out. So even when Jesus comes, as Mark records in uh, chapter 12 of his gospel, when Jesus comes and says, I want you to do these two things, Jesus wasn't saying anything new. He was pushing back to the fundamentals, pushing them back to the basics. Let's look at this. So the context of this verse that we're going to look at is Jesus has been trapped in conversation for way too long. They are arguing with him about the afterlife, about tithing, like they're just pushing on him, pushing on him, pushing on him. And finally, this happens. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him of all the commandments, Which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. So this is where we're going back to Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. The fundamentals. Why are we here? To love God and to love people. To love God and to love people. Jesus had to drive them back to the beginning, back to the basics. We can get caught up in a lot of stuff. But being driven back to the basics is where they needed to go. And I would venture to say that's where we need to go. Let's say it like this love God passionately and love God purposefully. My master's degree is in leadership and management. It's not a very good one to some people if you're a pastor. So don't worry. All of my electives were uh, Pentateuch. More Pentateuch then some more Pentateuch, and then we threw some covenants in there. So I took basically what I was weak at, and I wanted to learn everything, all at once. But because of my master's, I really care about vision statements. I really care about wording and understanding what we're talking about. Oftentimes people will will go to an organization, they'll go to a church, um, a soccer club, a karate club, and they'll say, but what's what's the vision? Tell me what your vision is for this. Oftentimes when people come to churches and they say, but what's the vision of your church? You're asking the wrong question. Because the vision of every church should be to love God And love people. Quite often, what that means is where do I fit inside the vision? What's my place? What's my part? If we can get the love God, love people part right, nothing else actually matters. We can find our place in there as individuals. Vision itself is, it's kind of like looking down from 2,000 feet above, okay? If you want to make a vision statement, it's, it's what do I see from way up here looking down? What's, what's the big picture? We, we love God. We love people. Where are we going? The next phase that you look at is the mission. So what, what is the mission of a church? It's how are we going to get there? So, we got the vision, which is your destination, but how are we going to get there? And this is where it comes down to like that hundred foot level. The part that most people consider vision is the next part, and that's core practices. The core practices basically say what's important along the way. It's when you're looking really deep inside and being like, okay, well, what about this system? What about this program? Um, I don't like how those chairs are. That, that's what you're really talking about. So when you say, what's the vision? You might be saying, what are the core practices? What's important along the way? Because our vision should not shift. Our vision should not change if we follow Jesus Christ. Amen? We can stay focused on the vision, focused on the horizon while we tweak the rest of this stuff. I want to look at a really famous example in Scripture with you. A really, really famous example. And so this is out of Acts 2. Most of you guys are going to know this. Because you're in a Pentecostal church. This is like the verse that you read every Pentecost Sunday and several times throughout the year whenever you have an evangelist come to yell at you. This is is one of those verses. So Acts 2, and we'll just start kind of at the beginning. And I'll read this because I think my version is slightly different. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now understand the guy writing this is a doctor. So Dr. Luke, as you know in his gospel, he also gives you like these weird details. So for him, it was very important to write that there were um, what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated. So let's use his details as we go further, because they're really important. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? Here's where Luke keeps going with detail. And this is really important. He tells you who they all were. Other authors would have just left it there. Luke keeps going. Parthians, Medes, Amalites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Pergia, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near the Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? he didn't have to list everyone but he did list everyone because when you come to church you have a different background than me you have a different background than the person sitting one aisle over we all come here with our histories we all come here with our baggage we all come here differently But we come here with one purpose, to love God and to love people. That's the important part. The important part is those fundamentals. So in this verse, this is famously known as when the church is born, the Holy Spirit appears. And then what follows it is Peter gets up and preaches this message that is unbelievably done people listen they respond and that even in the diversity of the crowd they were joined together by these two fundamentals as we'll see and the church grew verses 42 to 47 verses 42 to 47 they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer, everyone was filled in awe with the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property, possessions, to give to one another who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who are being saved fundamentals we're going to talk extensively next week about loving people but this week as we as we talk about loving god fundamental one loving god three things happen in this verse They were celebrating what God did. They were gathered to celebrate what God did. When the Holy Spirit came, they were excited about what God was doing. And then they made a decision to bring other people along on the journey with them. If we just get together and we are excited about what God did, that is essentially hanging out in a museum. We are here in a museum of God. If we just get together and we get to that second phase where we're excited about what God is doing in our hearts, that's nice. But that's just a club. That's just us. When we invite people on the journey, we become the church. To love God and to love people loving God passionately there's a word in there in that verse that begins they were devoted they were devoted they persisted that word devoted is the same word that is used in various places in the New Testament by Paul in Colossians 4 and Romans 12 talking about how we need to pray Persistently, They were devoted to prayer. In Acts, Luke says that they are devoted. They are devoted. When you think about your relationship with God, would you say that you're devoted? That's just a question for you. You wrestle with that this week. That's for nobody else. That's for you. Would you call your relationship with Jesus Christ one that is devoted. They were devoted to teaching, to fellowship, to sacraments, to prayer. They were devoted. Loving God is working on your relationship with Him. I know it's way easier to help other people work on their relationship with God. It's way as easier to give an opinion than to do the work on the inside of your heart. I'm really good at it. I do it professionally. But if we don't take care of our relationship with God, if we're not devoted to loving God, it kind of holds us back in life. And it's where we need to start. John 4 tells us that we need to worship in spirit and truth, the the immaterial world as well as in fact or emotion and detail. I've had seasons in my life where I was really good at the emotion and the experience aspect of my relationship with God. And I've had seasons in my life where I was really good at the truth and knowledge aspect. But that imbalance can really throw you off. It affects your view of the fundamentals, it affects how you tackle the fundamentals. Loving God at the basic level is really where we need to get back to. So this this year, we are going to focus up on this. Next week, we're going to talk about some other focuses we're going to have. But I want to give you four focuses that we're going to be working on this year at CT Brandon. These are four things we're going to work on. Um, Kayla, I changed the order of these because I realized there was an acronym hiding in there. And if you've ever done public speaking, if there's an acronym hiding somewhere, boy, howdy, you got to jump on that. So our four focuses for the year are the best. B-E-S-T. Yes. That's what you want out of your wife, her to laugh while you're preaching. Best. This will help you remember them. So the first one is baton. We want to focus on preparing you for leadership. Ephesians 4 talks about the purpose of pastoral staff. Our purpose isn't to make you feel good every week. It isn't to get up here and run around in circles and say things that might challenge you intellectually. Intellectually. Our purpose is actually to train you for works of service. A good pastor is less busy. I learned that from my dad. He's a pro. Each of you has leadership abilities and potential hiding inside of you. Maybe you realize that. Maybe you don't. But no matter how far down you think your leadership stuff's hiding, I'm going to tell you right now that you are a leader. You have potential that needs to be brought out inside of you. You have to engage in that process, though. We will not drag you, but we will give you lots of invitations. You are leaders. If you are in this room, you are leaders. Amen? Go ahead and say that. I am a leader. We'll work on that. The next one, environments. We are purposeful about experiencing the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. This year, we are going to make sure that there are opportunities because what happened in the past was nice. But it's not where we start. It gives you great... Not where we stop. It gives you great stories. But let's be part of what God's doing now. God's ready to do new things in our house. Let's be there for that. We're going to create atmospheres. We're going to try some stuff. Might fail. It's all right. We'll do some extended worship nights. Might do some 24-hour prayer nights, some retreats, some conferences. We're going to create environments where we can experience the Holy Spirit and not be rushed like on a Sunday morning. Amen? That's better. Sacraments. Oh, I got the wrong words written down. Significant acts. Yes, yes. Acronyms. Making room for baptism, dedications, and sacraments, even during COVID. So, um, we do have a list of people who want to get baptized. If you're like, I don't know how that'll happen in COVID, don't worry, we got a plan. You can talk to Nikki or myself. Don't worry, we've got this. Sacraments are very important, these are significant acts that happen in your journey with Jesus Christ. If you need to get baptized, Don't wait for COVID to end. Let's just get her done, okay? Your baby needs to get dedicated. I've got two on the docket right now. Let's get her done. We will find ways. We will make this happen. COVID will not stop the church. I heard a preacher once go off about how um, the church is 10 years away from extinction. That's ridiculous. Come on, we made it 2,000 years. We made it through the Crusades. We made it through all sorts of other pandemics. COVID isn't going to stop the church, guys. We're going to shift. We're going to pivot. We're going to modernize a little bit and we're going to get there too. It's fine. Last one tables and chairs. Tables and chairs. We are going to make it easy this year to gather either online or in person to study. It is essential that we spend time learning about God. It is essential that we deepen our understanding of who God is. Absolutely essential. I asked a person to give me a hand with uh, organizing and developing a group program, and she said yes, I'm very excited about that. And uh, we are gonna have this all in place in the near future. We are gonna make sure that you guys are resourced. We're gonna make sure that you guys have everything you need, including training. Who loves training nights? Me. Remember that part about how you are a leader? tell you right now for those of you who are like I can't lead a small group yes you can yes you can we're going to get you there these are four essentials that we're going to be working on this year we're going to tighten up our ability to love God you don't just have to sit at home and wonder what to do I don't know where to open my Bible to Um, just I don't know start at John fun i don't know what to put on to get inspired well obviously ct brandon sermons we are going to help you guys get to this next phase these are the fundamentals we have to get back to loving god and loving people amen better right now in history every believer has a choice And we got to make that choice about how we're going to engage in this new world. I'm not just talking about the new world of CT Brandon and the new guy came and changed things and he's wearing jeans and I can see tattoos and it's just weird. I'm weird and I own it. What I'm talking about is the big picture. The choices we have to make in this big picture world are we going to adapt? Or are we just going to try and live in a museum? I'll tell you right now that our city needs a strong Calvary temple. It needs us engaging in the fundamentals. Fundamentals have nothing to do with style, paint, color, carpet, chairs, although it's fantastic. Fundamentals come back to your relationship with God so as we talk about that I want to give an opportunity this morning and we're going to go into this song again in a minute because it was really fun to play and uh, worship to so we'll go back into this one but I'm going to invite you guys to stand with me this morning there, there isn't always a spiritual reason for why we pick what songs there should be but there isn't I want to pray for you guys this morning in two different ways. The first one is this. If you're here and you know that you are not in a place with Jesus that you should be, today's your day. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Nobody's going to make you feel weird. We are going to give you an opportunity. So if you're online this morning, you're hanging out in YouTube or Facebook land watching, or you're in the house, I just invite you guys to all close your eyes. Living rooms, sanctuaries, wherever you are, I just invite you to close your eyes. Maybe you have never made a decision to follow Jesus. You've never given God your heart. Or maybe you've just decided in the past to walk away from that or it slowly slipped from recognition. For those of you this morning who want to make that decision and say, I need to get this right. It is time that I am living for God. If that's you this morning, just online, online, go ahead and type something out or raise your hand for yourself to see or if you're in the house I just with everyone's eyes closed I just invite you just to lift a hand so I know who I'm about to pray for yep anyone else yep I'm going to say a prayer, and I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. And you need to know that it is simple as making a choice. There's a famous theologian. He was asked once, when, when were you saved? And he said, well, it'd be about the year 30 A.D., then I made a decision to follow that guy. Just repeat this prayer after me, guys. Jesus, I know I've messed up, but today I come to you. I'm going to give you my life. I ask you to take my sin and give me a brand new heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Book of Romans tells us that if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, that's it. You will be saved. Amen. Congratulations to you guys. Those are huge decisions. For the rest of you, oh, the rest of you. I'm gonna pray that the Holy Spirit ignites a fire in your heart. I'm gonna pray that things begin to shift for you, that things begin to change on the inside, that when you go to address topics like loving God, that this is easy because there's something stirring inside of you. And some of you feel that already. There is something stirring inside of you saying, I need to do better at this. It's not about works. It's about a decision. Sometimes we got to take our eyes off of ourselves and what we think and just say, okay, God, what do you want to do? This is about us now. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for everyone in this room. And I just pray, Father, that... As people make a decision today that they're going to dive in deep on loving you, I just praise the Holy Spirit that you would, you would begin to shift things inside of them, that you would make them uneasy to the degree that they want to figure out what to do next. God, would you, would you push us? Would you give us opportunities? Would you, would you draw us close to you in such a way that our lives are changed forever because we can't stop studying, we can't stop learning, we can't stop praying, we can't stop worshiping, we can't stop finding these opportunities to, to connect with you. I pray, Father God, for those that, that identified this today, that even on the way home or as they sit in their, their living room, that you would just start to stir something right now. Lord God, would you begin to speak something significant to their hearts? And God, over the house, as we we head into a world of fundamentals where we are focused on you and we are focused on loving people to you, God, would you do a deep work? Would you do a deep work in this house? Would you show us more areas where we need to give attention to? Show us more areas where we just need to let go. Give us your wisdom. Give us your peace. God, we thank you that we have a direction to love you and to love people. In Jesus' name, amen.